I just want to take a moment and really thank all of these guys for what they do. You know, if you, if you come out once and you fill in for worship, you're doing a friend a favor. If you do it a couple times, you're just being really nice. But if you do it as many times as they have done it, you're part of the family. Amen? All right. And it's good to have... It's good to have extended family, right? So what a blessing it is just to have them come out and do worship, not for us, but with us. Amen? Amen. I really feel like a part of like the worship when, when they invite us to sing and when, and you, know, you know, we're pretty street smart, amen? So we can tell when somebody is just kind of being around, right? Right? But we can tell when somebody is genuinely doing what they're doing. And we appreciate all of you guys for showing up with a genuine attitude, a genuine spirit, and uh, not trying to pull one over on us. You're just trying to be with us and bless us, and I appreciate that. Amen. All right, so tonight we are continuing on in Genesis, or Genesis, sorry, Romans chapter 5. We're going to be actually talking about Genesis. And I want to thank Alicia for getting up. Yeah. Now I'm now I'm gonna I'm gonna make a a, a a prediction, right? I am, because this girl can spit fire, all right. You will see a day soon when I share some time with her, and she will come up and she will tell you what she is feeling about the scripture she is sharing. Getting up here for the first time is very intimidating. It's really hard to see y'all. You know, you don't know if you're making faces at you or not. So it is very nerve-wracking. And so good job, awesome, but we're going to keep doing it. Amen? All right. So we're only going to cover two verses tonight, actually, in Romans. And I've titled this message, Cause and Effect. Because I, I don't know if you guys know this or not, but I want you all to know that things that you do are the things that you have done have an effect on other people, right? Is that not true? We've affected our friends, our coworkers, our families. The very poem that was read to us tonight, we invited that into our lives, our lives, but you cannot just invite something into your life without affecting the lives of the people that are around you, that love you, that care about you, that are losing sleep over you, losing money over you, losing possessions over you, you know, that it is what it is. So we cannot do anything without causing something good or bad to happen to the people that we're around. Amen? So I'm going to read my two verses. It says, therefore, just as sin came into the world through one man, and death through sin, and so death spread to all men, because all sinned, verse 13, for indeed, uh, excuse me, for sin indeed was in the world before the law was given, but sin did not, was not counted, because where there was no law, yet death reigned from, from Adam to Moses, and even over those who are sinning, who was not yet like the transgression of Adam's who is a type of the one who was to come. So if we think about it, 
I kind of feel sorry for Adam. I kind of do. Think about it. Like, I stopped and got a paper today at 7-Eleven. And imagine, let's substitute somebody for, that we know. Let's say Tommy. We all know and love Tommy. Amen? So let's say I went down to 7-Eleven today, and the headline read, Tommy sinned and blew it for all mankind for all eternity. Isn't that a bummer? You, so cause and effect. So Tommy, you didn't just blow it for Thomas Duntley Jr. You blew it for everybody. Everybody. How could you? You see what I'm saying? Imagine that. Aren't you glad you're not Adam? I mean, talk about not forgetting about something, right? It's published in, the story is published in, still to this day, the number one best-selling book, right? I mean, come on, when we do something, right, we want to forget about it. Years and years ago, if you Googled Mike Casey, there was, all, there was a whole article done about paramedics on heroin. So... As you can imagine, I was not painted in a good light. It wasn't a story about you poor paramedics that use heroin and then go on emergency calls. No, it was, it was designed to trash me. So I didn't Google myself. For, I, are you kidding me? I, I never even read the article because I had so many people calling me. I even stopped answering my phone. I don't want to hear about it anymore. Um, not all the calls were bad. There were calls of support calls of encouragement, right? But if you think about it, I didn't, I didn't want to identify with that. So if you Google me now, it just, it's Mike Casey the Bridge, Mike Casey Calvary Monterey, right? So I'm glad that bad mark or that bad stain isn't everything that everybody knows about me. But if we think about poor Adam, I mean, when you think of Adam and Eve, what do you think about? He blew it, right? He blew it. That dude blew it for all of us. Today, still, to, to, still through today. And not just today, but for all of eternity. Well, I wouldn't say all, as long as the earth is here. But I, I believe when the new heavens and the new earth come, it's going to be, Adam's going to be like, whew, I thought that was never going to go away. <laughs> Man, that was a long time. Right? So to understand what happened, we're going to read the story. But we do know that Adam blew it and that his sin came on to everybody. Right? But we also need to understand and learn that Adam, if we look at Adam, that sin and death entered the world through one man. It was also reversed by, who, by how many people? By one man. It was brought in by one man that transferred to everybody, but salvation was brought forth by one man, Jesus Christ, who all benefited from that as well. But when we read the story of Adam, we see so many things that, are, that ring true about us, and I'm going to talk about some of those things. It says, the serpent was the shrewdest of all in the wild. All the animals of the Lord that God had made, one day he asked the woman. Now, I want you to understand this. 
obviously it wasn't unusual because it, it doesn't say in the Bible that Eve was surprised that the serpent spoke to her, right? It doesn't say, well, are you, talk, are, are you talking to me? You know, it, so for some reason she wasn't surprised. So I don't know, and the Bible is silent, so it doesn't say if that was a common occurrence or not, right? I don't know. But the serpent spoke to her, right? And said, did God really say you must not eat of the fruit of the trees in the garden. Now, what God said was to Adam and Eve, and I want you to listen to this because this is us. He brought Adam and Eve into the garden, which was perfect, which provided for every need that they had. And he said, you see all of this creation, you may eat of everything that you see except that one tree in the middle of the garden. That you must not eat, because in the day that you do, you will surely die. Now, you probably never even thought of that tree, right? You probably walk past that tree every day over to your other favorite tree to get whatever favorite fruit you had. But now that God said, you must not eat out of it, what tree do you all of a sudden notice every time you walk by? Oh, there's that tree. Right? I have to have that tree. Right? Isn't that us? You didn't want it before. You didn't think about it before. You didn't care about it before. It was no big deal. It didn't even look that good. Right? Now that you know that you can't have it, you got to have it. It's like that forbidden person. Hey, don't talk to that guy. Oh, no, got to have him. Or don't, don't talk to that girl like, oh, now she's the most beautiful girl in the world. And you just got to have her. That's all you think about is that guy or that girl or that thing that you can't have. When you have kids, you say, don't touch the what? See, see how you all know that? Right? I didn't pre-tell you because what does a kid do? He probably would have never. I would like to see a study done. Let's get, let's get a thousand parents to raise their kids and don't ever tell the kid not to touch the stove. And then when they're five, do a survey and find out the parents that didn't tell their kid to touch the stove. I bet none of those kids even touched the stove. They just want what's come, coming out of it. They don't really care about the stove. But when you tell them they can't touch it, <laughs> right? Don't put the bobby pin in the socket, <laughs> right? I can't tell you how many times I got shocked as a kid, right? Because if you tell me not to do it, I'm going to do it, right? But that can also have positive things. You know, when I heard statistics like less than 2% of heroin addicts ever recover, that motivated me. When I was told that I would never walk again, that motivated me. When I was told I wouldn't, couldn't do this or couldn't do that, that motivated me. But in this particular instance or this particular story, it didn't motivate, it annoyed. Like, because now all of a sudden, we want that. 
And God put things in a certain order. He put Adam to be over Eve, right? That was just, don't, don't give me the evil eye, right, on either side of the room, right? <laughs> because I didn't make the order. God made the order, right? And if the order is followed properly, it works, right? Michelle, most of you know Michelle, right? So if I am following Christ, Michelle gladly follows me. If I'm not following Christ, she's going to begrudgingly follow me, right? So do I want her following me because she's happy about it or begrudgingly? Right? I would much rather have her say, okay, but, you know, but the relationship is built for the husband or the man to follow Christ, the wife to follow the husband. So there's an order. But we're going to see there's a couple things that are going to happen in this order, this story that throw things a little bit out of order, which changes your destiny, which changed my destiny, which, were, which required the blood sacrifice of Jesus Christ on the cross to right the wrong that was done so, so long ago. So, but of course we may eat from the trees in the garden. And the woman replied, it is only the fruit from the tree in the middle of the garden we are not allowed to eat. God said, you must not eat it or even touch it. If you do, you will die. Well, God never said not to touch it. That's kind of a, an, a, like, like adding to the story. Any, are any of you in this room guilty of adding to stories? Right? Yeah, God, yeah, man, he's pretty mean, man. Not, not, not only we can't we eat it, we can't even touch it. God didn't say that. That was something that she added on to the story, which changes the way everything else goes. Because God didn't say that. But by her saying that, that gave the serpent more ammunition to use against her in that situation. I mean, it's already an odd morning. You know, you're going out to eat, and you're, a snake is talking to you, and you're not surprised by it, right? Talk about the hallucinations in the story that Chelsea read. I mean, you know, I, you know, I mean, it is what it is. But she added that. God didn't say that. God just said, don't eat it because in the day that you do, you shall, dearly, you shall surely die because it was called the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. But that just shows our character. We, 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 you ever play the telephone game? We like add stuff. That's not what she said. I, I play that unknowingly every day. <laughs> I do because somebody will come up and say, well, so-and-so told me that so-and-so said, that so-and-so said, that so-and-so said, that so-and-so said. And I'm like, and then by the time I get back to the first person, the story's like, like 15 minutes long. And I, what did you say? I, I, I just said, hey, what's up? <laughs> well, how did it turn into this whole story about you, like, talking about their, their you know, this or that? Or, like, well, I don't know. I just said, what's up? You know? It happens all the time. Stories get added to by us, and that causes more confusion. So verse 4, it says, 
verse 4, a serpent said, he said, you won't die, the serpent replied to the woman. God knows that your eyes will be opened as soon as you eat it, and you will be like God, knowing both good and evil. God doesn't want you to eat that because you're going to be as smart as him. So why do you think God put that tree there that he didn't want us to touch? People ask, well, wasn't God setting us up? See, I think the beautiful thing that God did for us is he gave us free will. He did. He gave us free will. We have the will to choose. It wasn't forced upon us. We, of course, God chooses us all. I believe that. I believe that scripture says that, that God chose us, that he predestined us, right? Because that is his will and his desire for us to come to know him. But we have the ability to say yay or nay, right? I think we can look at some stories in the Bible and understand that as, 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 as the, the children of Israel fled Egypt for that, for that three-hour tour, right? And they ended up wandering around in the wilderness for 20 years because of their disobedience, right? That's how Michelle describes my life. I was 40 years old when I came to Christ. So she calls that 40 years before knowing Christ the time in the wilderness, my BC time, my before Christ, you know? And to me, it makes sense because the first 40 years of my life, I, wa I wandered around like a madman. You know, for a period of my life, it was going to be my goal to go on Oprah Winfrey and expose the truth that God didn't exist. Because I didn't, I, I thought it was a sham. I thought it was the way people made money and, you know, you know, and made people feel good about themselves and just, you know, beauty for ashes and all that, you know. Like, yeah, it sounds so great. But I think I felt like that because I was hurt inside because of so many things that had happened to me and I wanted somebody or I needed somebody to blame. So, so the serpent is really getting to her that, you know, and so the woman was convinced and, and she saw the tree was beautiful and its fruit looked delicious and she wanted the wisdom that it would give her. Don't we all want things that we probably shouldn't have, right? We want those, we, we want those shiny things, right? We want the newest and the latest and the greatest, you know? You know, it's like when you, like, I, I, I have a, my last MacBook I had for like 12 years. It still works, right? I bought a new one last year, but I keep getting the ads for like the newest one. And I'm like, oh, that would be really cool to have a new one. Well, the one I have is going to last for like 20 years. You know what I mean? It's that temptation of the latest and the greatest and the newest and better and more and more and more and free, you know? You know, but wait, there's more, right? You like those infomercials, you spend like $19 on something, but they're going to give you $996 worth of free stuff. But there's more, and then there's more. But wait, but wait, but act now. You know, for another $5, you get double the order. Like, how do they do that? I mean, because they're telling you the MSRP is like $3,000, and it's only $19, but that lures us in. It's like... It's like if you think about a fisherman, he takes and puts bait on a hook to disguise the hook, and we bite it because it looks promising, and we're, we're hooked. We're reeled in. We're stuck. We're sunk, right? We're done. That's the way sin works. So 
the woman was convinced. And she took it and she gave it to who? See, see, there's problem number two, right? You know, I know you're all expecting me to say something like that's why you never listen to your wife, you know, but, 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 but Adam went out of God's design and Adam went out of God's order. Do you notice who the serpent went to? He didn't go, hey, Adam, why, why can't you eat that tree, Right? He went in to take things out of order, to, to take God's design and God's order and put a spin on it, right? And then, and then the woman was like, yeah, we can't even touch it. Yeah, that's wrong, right? Why, why can't we touch it, right? But that's because, because the enemy knows our character too. You don't want it until I tell you you can't have it, Right? Isn't that the way it works, you know? Right? I, I was, I, like, when Michelle and I were dating, I, I mean, I, I, you know, I was, like, totally in love with her. I told her I wanted to, like, I went over to her house one night. And I said, hey, here's the deal. I, want, I love you. I want to marry you. She's like, well, too bad, so sad. <laughs> I already told you when I met you. Ain't going to happen. Right? It's not going to happen. You're too old, right? <laughs> I was 19, she was 19, I was 29, right? And she's like, it's not going to happen. I, 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 I'm not ready to settle down. I, so I said, okay, well, fine, right? I, so I entered a serious relationship with somebody else, right? Like getting ready to spend Christmas with this girl that I was probably going to marry, and then the phone rings. Hey, you want to come to my house for Christmas? So, yeah, I do. But basically, I have to tell my fiance that I'm going to spend Christmas with you. Let's see how that works out. So I felt like she didn't want me until somebody else did. But that's kind of, and I'm not saying that's what happened. Maybe that's what, what caused her to think more about it. But that's kind of how we are as people. We don't want it until somebody else is going to get it, right? Then we were like, oh, Maybe it's not so bad. Maybe the age thing is not a big deal, right? And then I put her through like 30 years of absolute living hell, but hey, why not? Um, but it's that slight, ever so slight twist of the truth that gets us. It's no big deal. Who cares? It's not going to hurt you. Nobody will know, right? Who's watching, right? It's those little slight things that caused this huge mess, you know? And it was going to take a really, really long time to right the wrong that was done that day. And if you think about it, it's those little, small, 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 small things. It says in the book of James that sin, they describe it like a woman giving birth. It says when sin is conceived, it begins to grow, and then, and then it is given birth to, and when it is given birth to, it causes death, right? So that sin that we take into ourselves, it begins to grow. If you think about a, a, a microscopic bacteria, 
right, innocently entering your gum because we are, are us heroin addicts and meth, we're not, I mean, they don't call it meth mouth or nothing, right? We are not the most hygienic creatures on the earth when we're out there getting high, right? Dentists love us, you know, because we don't take care of ourselves and then all of a sudden we get sober and we want to go spend 80 grand at the dentist, right? Isn't that true? Yes. Most of our appointments at the bridge are dental appointments, you know? But what I'm saying is that little innocent bacteria enters in your gum and causes an infection, which then causes an abscess, and if the abscess is not treated, can kill you. That's kind of what sin does to us. It enters innocently, so small, so little, so insignificant, and it can have such a big effect on us as people. And it can actually... It can actually kill us. So let me jump back into here. So let's go through the scripture. It says, just as sin entered the world through one man and death through sin, so death spread to all men. So we all, just like I said, are experiencing the consequences of those ever so slight changes to the order that God created. God created Adam to rule his household, not, not like to, and, and I like the way Nate explains it. It's not like, oh, I want to be a Christian so I can rule my wife. If you are both believers or if you are equally yoked, you co-parent, you co, you do things together. It's not a beer mug and a wine glass, right? It's not like you're big and strong and she's fragile because I know some women that are like, could smash beer mugs, right? So that's not what it is. It's God's order. We're to complement one another. But when God's order gets even out of kilter the slightest, it changes. And then we embellish and we add to. And we say things that were never said. We say things that are not even true. And it begins to change the order or the dynamic of the relationship and when that gets out of, out of order, it causes absolute chaos. It causes arguments. It causes divorce. It causes division. It causes people to go out and to like, oh, heck with it, man. My old lady's mean. I'm going to go ahead and get high, right? That's what we do. Now it's an excuse, right? That's an excuse. The night that Michelle and my ex-wife and my kids and everybody did the intervention on me, Right? I know they probably had it all planned out. Right? I walked out. I went to Salinas and I got high. It was, the only one, it was the only time in my whole life I never came home all night. I'll show them. You know, don't talk to me like that. You know? It's because my life was out of order. It's because I wasn't in the proper alignment for God. I wasn't leading my wife. She was trying to play catch-up and give me ideas to lead me. But that was not going to work because God needed to lead me, right? That was the only way that it was going to work for me because I was so far out of kilter that nobody's going to tell me what to do. Nobody's going to tell me how to do it. Nobody's going to tell me anything. I'm going to do what I want to do when I want to do it. And if you don't like it, that's just too bad. Then get out of my way. So, so then God did deal with me, and God did put that back in order. 
But think about the things that we do in our life that, that seem so minor that can change so many things. It's that little bitty, that little bitty lie or that little bitty story or that, that, that doing that little thing that seems so minor and so small, but like, yeah, it's no big deal. You know, who's going to care? You know? you know, it's only one cookie or it's only this or it's only that. But it does matter. It does count because if we go back to the beginning, like I said, the beginning in the Bible, we can look at this little, which seems like little insignificant story, just about somebody saying, why can't you have that? Or somebody, you know, it starts off with somebody telling you you can't have something for your own good, for your own good, right? And then we want it. And then someone talks to us about it, and then we got to start bad-mouthing the other person. Yeah, what a jerk. Man, I can't eat it, can't look at it, can't touch it, can't even walk by it, can't think about it, you know? <laughs> Nothing. It, but it just grows, doesn't it? You know, it's like that little, it's like the phone game, you know? You know, God just said, you, this is all yours, you know, there's, you can eat out of these. It, it's like we've all seen Dumb and Dumber, right? You know, I, I saw uh, like a little thing on uh, Facebook or something yesterday, and, uh, and uh, it was that thing at the end where he's telling that girl, hey, I, I really love you and I want to be with you. What are the chances? <laughs> and she said, I would say about one in a million. And his response was, so you say there's a chance, <laughs> Right? We need to be real. We need to look at the way things are. And we need to understand who we are in God's economy. And we need to, to, to keep thing, the, the real thing the real thing. Keep things in perspective. You keep things in their proper order. There's a reason. There's, there, like, like the law was brought to show us like, oh, that's crazy. Can you imagine if there were no traffic laws. Like, I watch these videos of, like, these traffic videos from the Philippines. Watch them sometimes. <laughs> you, you can't do anything. You can't drive anywhere. Because if you're sitting there trying to turn, and there's, like, a billion cars, and there's, like, nobody stops, nobody yields, nobody looks. There's those little bicycles and mopeds and rickshaws and just honking and yelling and road rage. And it's because there's no order. It's absolute and complete chaos. You know, you may not like to follow the speed limit and that's great. Then just be willing to get a ticket because cause and effect, you know, you're speeding, you're going to get a ticket, then a big, accept it. Big deal. Pay the, pay the money and begrudgingly, you're going to pay it. But there were rules put in place for a reason so that we would have some kind of order, but then even that was not good. It got so bad that, I mean, if we look at the global flood, right, that, that I mean, imagine being so bad that we were all wiped. Like, you know what? It's like a do-over, right? Forget it. This went all wrong. Let's, let's start again, right? And, that, and that's what happened. That, that's what happened. You know, but 
Chelsea said when she read that, that pretty much probably everybody here tonight hopefully is sober. So that is a good place to be. That is a good point to start your continued journey from. Like, who am I in Christ? What am I in Christ? What is God's plan for my life? That was the, I, people, I, I used to hate that. Like, what is God's plan? How, how would I know? I'm not God. I don't know what God's plan for my life is. You know? I have no idea. How about just follow what you feel like God is, like, is urging you to do? You know? It's not like Bruce Almighty. It's not these, like, voices and, you know, and all this crazy stuff, this Hollywood stuff that happened. It's just that, like, I feel like this is what I'm supposed to do. Like, I feel like, you know, like, years ago, there was a, a gentleman that came out of prison that came to the bridge. His name was Jordan. And he spent, like, seven, eight years in prison, came and graduated from the bridge. And I, I, I told him, I said, I really feel like God wants you to stay for a season and be a house manager. And he said, well, you got to understand, man. Been in drugs all these years, spent eight years in prison, just did a year here. I want to live my life. I want to get a job. I want to get a girl. I want to get a car. I want to get some money, right? I want to get a new iPhone, you know, wants to get some new kicks, you know, all this stuff, right? And he left. And then probably about a couple weeks later on a Saturday, I was standing in the driveway and he pulls into the driveway and his car is packed. I said, what are you doing? He said, you were right. This is where God wants me. God made it very clear to me once I left here, every moment of every day, you're supposed to be at the bridge. So he drove back. He stayed for a couple of years, served, was hired on at the bridge, and then went on to open his own home in Prunedale where he accepts men and women out of prison. You know? So how do you know what God's will is? Listen! Pay attention, right? It's not, it's not hot chicks, fast cars, lots of money, right? It's not. Will you end up with those things? Possibly. I don't know. But those aren't your priorities, right? Your priorities are doing what you feel like God wants you to do, and allowing him to bless you while you're doing his will, right? So if you're praying, God, what is your will? It's not for a new Ferrari. You know, it's not, it's not all the flashy things. It's not the bait, right? It's, it's like the, just the things. Just be, be kind to your friends. Be loving. Be open. Be willing to talk to somebody that's struggling, you know, give of your time, give of your finances, give of your heart, you know, become involved with those around you, love, you know, what is the, great, what is the greatest commandment? Anybody know? Love. Love who? Love God and then love who second? Your neighbor, right? So when you start doing those things and you're in God's will, then he starts to reveal more of what is in his wheel, will, will. Because if right now, if you were sitting here tonight and God said, boom, you're going to do this, 
you would never do it because you would blow it, right? Like if you were sitting there tonight and God said, you are going to go to Africa and minister to villages and spread my word, right? You would blow it because you wouldn't allow God to show you the next step, right? Oh, I, I, now I know what to do from here. Thanks, God. You know, I'm going to go get sponsors, and I'm going to do this, and I'm going to do this, and I'm going to do that, and, you know. Maybe God was just wanting you to, to be quiet, and God was going to put it on somebody else's heart. Hey, this guy, I want him to go to Africa. And maybe, maybe there was going to be a guy that was going to walk up to you and say, hey, you know, my wife and I have been talking about supporting the missionary, and we really feel like you might be somebody that God might want to use somewhere. We want to support you as a missionary. We want to send you, and we want to, to pay for your expenses, and we want to, to make sure that you're taken care of. But we have to know. We got to know. We got to know. You know, when we buy a jigsaw puzzle, how many of us buy a jigsaw puzzle, a 5,000-piece jigsaw puzzle with no picture on the box? Why? Because we got to know how to put it together. Right? But that's not how God works. God wants to give you that 5,000-piece jigsaw puzzle a piece at a time. Hey, you're doing pretty good. Wow, it's blue. <laughs> you know? And maybe in a month, hey, here's another one. And another one. Another one. And then maybe, maybe in a year or two, you put another piece in, and it's like, hey, that's a city. That's like, that's Haiti. That's, I was talking to somebody, hey, that's Port-au-Prince, Haiti. God, are you, do you want to send me somewhere to minister to somebody in Port-au-Prince, Haiti? You know, I don't know. But allow God to do God's work. Don't put words in his mouth. Oh, God doesn't want me to have nothing. You know, <laughs> you know, you know I'm just going to live at the bridge till I'm 90. I, I don't, I don't, if that's God's will, amen, yes. We'll have a geriatric bridge. Right, but the point I'm trying to make is is be be is, is listen. Be in God's will. Don't add to His word. Don't take away from His word. Don't make up stories. Right. Stay true to what's being said. Take, stay true to what's being taught. Allow Him to work in your life, and be patient, and be humble, and behave. Right. My my. I think that goes out to my lovely bridge men and women. You know, I can't do it for you. you. Believe me, if I could, I would. If I could and I had the time, I would, I would tell you all what to do. Not because I like telling you what to do, because sometimes, like we think about it when you're, when you're a little kid and your parents told you to eat your vegetables. They didn't tell you that but just because they were trying to get, because they, they cooked too much broccoli and they just want to get rid of it. Right? They were saying that because actually they believed there was a health benefit for you. Right? So the way that we do things or the way that the church does things is we, we, we tell you things that we believe are good for you. You know, be honest, have integrity, be upright, you know, be open to God's word. You know? I believe that if Alicia would have gotten up after worship, that she would have done a much better job because I watch her worship God and I watch her open up to God, and I was thinking, gosh, we should have had her come up after worship, because I bet she would have just been really open, you know, because that's why I appreciate it so much, because my heart changes 
during that brief time, and it opens my heart more to God. It makes me more enthusiastic about getting up here and sharing God's word. But that's the beauty of it. That's what, the way God designed it, because we're designed to, to worship him. Amen? And that's what it's about. So let me make sure I get all my... So, yeah, death reigned from Adam to Moses, even over those who were sinning, was not like the transgression of Adam, were the type of the one that was to come. And so this is going to leave off and is going to be pointing to the one that's not going to be around for a while. Think of the faith people had to have back then, right? They didn't have iPads. They didn't have Bibles, you know. The letters that were sent to the churches, I mean, the chance of the average person even getting to see them was like slim to none. Hey, can I see some of those scrolls that Paul sent you guys? You know, can I check them out and take them home and read them? No. You can't text them to me. You can't email them to me. You can't put them on Facebook, Instagram. You can't put them on your Snapchat. They're not on TikTok. You know, they didn't have all that stuff then. It was all about believing what was said, believing in an inherent word of Scripture, you know, and that's what it's about. So take it from me. Do the things that you are going to do so if you're ever on the front of one of these, it's good, right? Think about it. Because we've all done things where we're like, oh, boy, everybody's going to know about it. Yeah, with social media especially, you know. So when I look back at my life, the good has so out marked and outweighed the negative things that were printed about me in the newspaper and on social media. The, the bad things, I can't even find them anymore, right? And so that's not just because it's me or just because I'm a pastor. It's everybody. God wants to blot those things out, those transgressions in your life out so that when people look at you, they no longer see the old you. They no longer see the bad. They only see like, wow, what, what's different? Did you get a haircut? You know, did you lose weight? You know, what is different about you? Why are you like just seem, why do you just seem happy and content? And why, you know, why? Well, because it, it, God has come into your life and he's changed everything about it. He's changed your friends. He's, he's reengaged your family in your life. You know, isn't it cool having our families back in our lives? You know? And if you don't have it yet, you will. I promise you that. You know? Our, our families are out there just waiting for us to get done what we need to done, need to get done so that they can not worry every night and not least not lose sleep every night. Because it's a horrible thing as a parent. Right? So let's do what's right in God's eyes. And let's thank God that, unlike Adam, that Jesus came to undo what Adam did. And let's keep things in the order and the perspective that they're supposed to be in. Amen? So I'm going to invite these guys to come back up. So, Lord, thank you for all that you do. Thank you for the, your word. And uh, thank you for meeting us here tonight. In Jesus' name, amen.